Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown to Rushville. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future in Rush County. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. It's another day, another group of indictments for Donald Trump. I mean, it's <laughs> handing them out like hop cakes. It's hardly even special or news anymore, right? 93 WIBC is the Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob. Casey's out today. Ethan Hatcher in for Casey. Isn't that amazing? Like, we say this and we chuckle about it, but it is the, the indictments are so ridiculous now that... Remember when the first one came down, when the Alvin Bragg stuff, this was whatever. It was historic. Right. Oh, my gosh. Like, <laughs> stop everything. The next three days of radio were, oh, my gosh, Trump has been indicted. This is uncharted territory. Now it's like, well, I guess we have to cover it. But it's ridiculous uh-huh. at this point. They are in, they are indicting this guy on the level like Ted Bundy or John Wayne Gacy or Theodore Kaczynski at, the, at this point. I mean, it is just, it is beyond ridiculous. And it's actually, I think, with the public at large, hurting what I think the left is intending to do because you just say there's no way this guy is guilty of 79 different felonies. Is it hurting what they're intending to do? Because that's my remaining question in all this. I agree that it's fundamentally diluting the impact with each additional indictment they pile on. It seems absolutely absurd and and ridiculous, but do they truly intend to somehow take Donald Trump out? Because even were one or multiple of these convictions to stick, he can still run for president. He could be theoretically elected president from a jail cell and pardon himself. As far as I'm aware, <laughs> that's within the realm of constitutional possibility. So, And the more indictments they pile on, the more popularity he seems to gain paradoxically. The Democrats can't be oblivious to this. So that's my, my question to you. Is it really thwarting their intent or do they... Do they want him to gain popularity and truly believe they can steamroll him in the general? It's fascinating how real American society is becoming movies and television shows. Oh, this is this would be a script. This you could absolutely have made a script which says there's a guy who's running for president, a guy who gets convicted of something, and you know there's some wild and wacky you know script where he is elected president from a jail cell and then pardons himself, except it's real life and it might actually and maybe could happen. Look, look, Rob, House of Cards was gripping. This political reality we live through is grating. I would not say these experiences are the same. (laughs) Uh, All right, so four, for those of you keeping track, four more counts on Trump yesterday. This related to the accusations that uh, January 6th, conspiracy, uh, I mean, it it doesn't even matter anymore. It's all stupid and ridiculous. So Trump went... He uh, appeared. He came. He flew from Florida to Washington D.C. He appeared, and then, uh, and then he said this. Well, thank you very much. This is a very sad day for America, and it was also very sad driving through Washington D.C. and seeing the. 
built and the decay and all of the broken buildings and walls and the graffiti. This is not the place that I left. It's a very sad thing to see it. Uh, when you look at what's happening, this is a persecution of a political opponent. This was never supposed to happen in America. This is the persecution of the person that's leading by very, very substantial numbers in the Republican primary and leading Biden by a lot. So if you can't beat him, you persecute him or you prosecute him. We can't let this happen in America. Thank you very you much. Want these, like, you want these trials? President. So I love the way he started that. <laughs> well, look, I mean, again, he should have called it a crap hole country. <laughs> there, there are certain people that it is hard to make a sympathetic figure. Donald Trump is one of them because he well, he's, you know, he's very rich and he invites the fight and, yeah. you know, he uses coarse language and insults people or whatever. But you have made him a sympathetic figure. You have looked at, I think, the average person, even if they don't like him politically. Now, there's some people on the left who are going to whatever, ha- you know, hang him, throw him in jail forever, blah, blah, blah. But the average person looks at this and goes, this is beyond stupid at this point. There are major drug dealers. There are right. violent offenders. Yeah. There are murderers. There are Hunter Bidens. Yes, who are not treated <laughs> as nearly as serious as this guy. Now, Trump, in addition to that little uh, statement that we just played for you, he did go on to a Truth Social Media and uh, and make his thoughts known as he is uh, you know, one to do from time to time. And on the show, uh, Ethan, occasionally when we feel there are very good, used to be tweets, now truths worthy of reading to the public at large, we do that. Uh, We do. I don't know if you're aware, uh, the president once told me that I was terrific. Uh, He did tell me I was a great dream. And he did tell me he wished every interview could be just like the one we were conducting. And so as a lifelong uh, honor of that, I do play Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You when we read the Trump truths, and I read them in the voice that I believe is going on in Trump's head as his thumbs are pecking out the thoughts in question. Uh, So now with the background, I will again clarify the following truth I'm about to read, all in caps, very odd, makes it much harder to read. I don't know if that's accidental and he's just an old man who can't figure out his phone. I also don't know if this is intended to yell at everyone, which is all caps. However, I'm not going to yell, even though this is in all caps. I believe we laid the framework. Kevin, if you would please. Considering the fact that I had to fly to a filthy, dirty, falling apart, and very unsafe Washington, D.C. today, and that I was then arrested by my political opponent, who is losing badly to me in the polls, Crooked Joe Biden, it was a very good day! Exclamation point. That's it. Dirty falling apart, Washington D.C. It was. It's great. I was arrested. He could be talking it was about a, Indianapolis. I just love that. I was arrested. It was a very good day. <laughs> uh, so to one, but, of, it, but it is Rob. He's not wrong. He has made. He has fundraised millions of dollars from this. Yeah, and uh, and I will say he this. He has dominated the polls because of this. I will say this from experience. Uh, there are certain people who thrive on chaos. And there are certain people, me, the meaner you are to them, the better they perform. And Trump is one of these people. Trump thrives on chaos and adversity and his back being up against the wall. And he has his entire life. It's not just as a, as a politician. It's true as a, a business person. So you're, you're right in the sense I think he gets. Now, I don't think he gets joy out of the fact that he 
recognizes the cards are stacked against him and he might go to federal prison. But I think there's a huge part of him that embraces this and says, I'm the center of attention and I'm the lead story on every newspaper in America and I'm the lead story on every talk radio station in America and I'm the lead story on every news channel in America. And that's what Trump's always craved. He always has craved the the spotlight. Ego, absolutely. Okay, so Alina Habba, she is Trump's legal spokesperson. I thought this was brilliant. This is a little longer than the clips we normally play, but this is really, really well done with specifics about how everything done against Trump has been done to distract from the Hunter Biden crime family and how these indictments against Trump conveniently always seem to time up with something happening with Hunter or Joe Biden. This is the Biden political lawfare that we have seen time and time again. It is a deflection from everything that they have done. And if you don't believe me, look at the facts. On March 17th, Hunter accidentally admits that it was his laptop from hell. The next day, DA Alvin Bragg indicts President Trump. June 8th, an FBI document is released showing that the Ukrainians paid the Biden crime family millions and millions of dollars. The next day, the Mar-a-Lago raid and the Mar-a-Lago indictment. Last week, Hunter Biden's sweetheart plea deal fell through when the judge realized it had blanket immunity. The following day, a superseding indictment against Donald Trump. July 31st, Devin Archer goes to testify in front of the House. That was only after they failed to put him in jail prior to the fact. What happens the next day? The January 6th indictment that we're here for today. This is not a coincidence. This is election interference at its finest against the leading candidate right now for president for either party. President Trump is under siege in a way that we have never seen before. President Trump and his legal team and everyone on his team will continue to fight, not for him, but for the American people. Look, when she lays it out, it's pretty compelling that things always seem to happen to Trump right around or after Hunter or Joe Biden are back in the news for some scam or scheme or shenanigans. So theoretically, this could all be just retribution for the crimes committed by Hunter Biden. It's Joe Biden scheming and manipulating the Justice Department, which should be a sacrosanct institution in order to satisfy his own thirst for revenge, which, if true, would be extraordinarily perverse. Yeah. All right. Let's take a break. When we come back, we've got some great audio on this uh, from Donald Trump Jr. We've got Newt Gingrich weighing in on this. Uh, Man, just a whole Joe Rogan had an incredible take on this. So much to get to this hour with uh, with Donald Trump and the uh, the new uh, indictments against him. We'll talk about it. Ethan Hatcher and for Casey, it's Kendall and Casey show. Oh, that's good stuff. Skindle and Casey Show, 93 WIBC. I'm Rob. Casey's out today. Ethan Hatcher in for Casey. Kev's here. Spending most of the first hour today, these new indictments against Donald Trump. He was in Washington, D.C. to hear the uh, charges against him yesterday. So Newt Gingrich was on Fox News and continuing this kind of theme from last segment where Alina Habba, one of Trump's legal spokespeople, came out and said, look, they're doing this to distract you from the Biden crime syndicate because 
this these indictments against Trump conveniently seem to happen every time there's some sort of new news involving Hunter Biden or Joe Biden. Obviously, the most recent one is this Devin Archer stuff that came out that clearly says Joe Biden was on the phone with with Hunter's business associates that hunter was putting him on the phone they were in the room together totally dispelling the lie that biden sold for years that he had no conversations with hunter about his his business dealings and then all of a sudden what do you know hey trump's indicted again and so gingrich newt gingrich was on fox news said kind of the same thing and he said that this is to distract from hunter and they're scared of trump we have never seen a major political figure as routinely and methodically assaulted as Donald Trump. It's a sign of how desperate the establishment is. They are terrified that if he's still standing in, in October of 2024, he is going to become the president. And of course, if he does become the president, all of these people are in jeopardy. Remember, uh, Watergate led to 46 people being convicted. Uh, the only cabinet officer ever to go to jail was Attorney General John Mitchell for obstruction of justice. And, and I am absolutely certain that the current Attorney General Merrick Garland is is in grave danger of uh, being charged with obstruction of justice and with having destroyed the system. I mean, mm -hmm. the, the, I, I think the con Congress, frankly, should be right now subpoenaing all the documents between Smith and Garland because I think Garland's been directing this. I think the timing is weird. Uh, as, as you know, the other night, uh, we, we uh, Waters put up a chart that showed something happens to Hunter. The next two, two or three days, something happens to Trump. Something happens to Hunter. The next two or three days, something happens to Trump. I mean, this is so blatantly, disgustingly political. Uh, I think he's right. Yeah. And I think the Democrats are banking on, number one, the Republicans being weak enough that, as usual, they'll you know, whine and complain about it and then do absolutely nothing in terms of firing firing back. And I think they also bank on the fact that the American people, as they proved during COVID time and time again, no matter what we do or the abuse of power we have, we'll just sit there and take it. Well, the problem is Trump does make it incredibly easy for him uh, or for the Justice Department, like with uh, uh, the classified documents case. And in, in his case, he did have boxes and boxes of that stuff, including battle plans for Iran. So you can't say it was like, oh, these are, these are his personal presidential notes. But I think Newt, Newt Gingrich is bang on and absolutely right that it's being orchestrated by Merrick Garland and the Justice Department as a whole. This is a huge fish for the Biden administration. And so the idea that it's all merely left to chance is absurd. All right. So Don Jr. was on Newsmax yesterday, and he alluded to much the same thing that Gingrich did. And in fact, he even called it, he said, it's Taco Tuesday. Yeah, uh, listen, I, I laugh because at this point it's like Taco Tuesday. It's, uh, it's a regular <laughs> occurrence. It usually happens uh, right after, you know, actual, uh, you know, criminal stuff is found on Hunter and or, or Joe Biden. Uh, amazingly enough, these things drop the day after that. And, you know, all of the people that I've, you know, listened every time my father tweeted Merry Christmas that said it was bigger than Watergate. Those people are strangely silent right now with everything that we're finding out about the Bidens. Uh, mainstream media, you know, even uh, some of your competition on the conservative side of media, you know, is chewing the January 6th talking points. I mean, we're really living in, uh, in crazy times. I spoke to my father uh, the other day right after 
uh, it was announced. And honestly, he's doing he was doing great. We were we were laughing about things. Uh, not that it's not serious, yeah. but I think everyone understands exactly what's in play. Each one of these things, I think, only solidifies that to the American people just how far we have fallen as a country. He's right. 100 percent. Without debate, without discussion, and uh, the evidence is pretty clear. I mean, one time, maybe a coincidence. I don't believe there are many coincidences in politics. One time, maybe. But when you're on the third or fourth time that every time something bad comes out about Hunter or Joe Biden, hey, it's four more in, it's four more indictments against Donald Trump. All right, let's take a break. Ethan Hatcher's in for Casey. When we come back, Joe Rogan had an incredible take on this. Plus... I saw something on the street today as I was moseying around the greater downtown area, and I want to I want to get Ethan's take on if this person is being ridiculous. And so we'll talk about that coming up next. Kendall and Casey Show, 93 WIBC. Joe Rogan coming in hot on the Trump indictments, 93 WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob Kevs here. Ethan Hatcher in for Casey today. Are you a Rogan guy, Ethan? You don't strike me as a Rogan guy. Not my cup of tea. Sometimes he uh, not my cup of tea. Sometimes he has the hot takes, but uh, yeah. You, on the other hand, Kev, I know you are a Rogan guy because you totally have a Rogan vibe about you. I I listen to him every now and then. I think he has phenomenal guests. I'm not so much a fan of Rogan himself, but I appreciate the guests he has on the show. Isn't it wild that he has made a gajillion dollars and is arguably the most influential member of the media in this country? I mean, a podcaster is the media, I guess. And he's done it largely without super guests. Well, he's kind of like a modern day discount Dick Cavett. (laughs) I can see that. Right? Because they they have actual discussions on the on the podcast. Yeah, that's well, and so that's what I'm saying. Is it some guy who is an expert in UFOs, or this guy believes he's seen three UFOs, or this person, you know, was. you know, an army specialist in Iraq, you know, during the, the height of the, the war, whatever. I mean, it's just it's super interesting that unlike, say, you know, Howard Stern or many other high profile, prominent radio shows, podcasts, whatever, who have done it on the backs of, hey, we have super guests. There's always super famous people in here. We're always having some sort of in, very interesting discussion. He's done it with largely obscure people isn't it both though because he has he has the super guests too Who? i mean that's that's a big uh, a, a part of the appeal of his program Who? He, uh, i mean he had elon, like he had elon musk but i wouldn't say you know elon musk is not an actor he's not an actress he's not a high profile musician he was i mean but out of that was born one of the greatest memes to ever grace the internet i get it but what i'm <laughs> ethan what i'm saying is i think a large part of this is because of rogan's brand and his genre he is able to to make he's able to make people like there are very few people left in media who can actually make somebody and rogan is able to take often fringe people i mean when elon musk was on there he was this eccentric guy who had the tesla company he wasn't twitter guy he hadn't sent rockets up into space yet he was eccentric uber rich tesla guy and you're right he that me became a meme after that exactly so i just it's not really directly related to this audio we're going to play, but I just find the Rogan thing super fascinating because yeah. like Kev said, there's not some 
oh my gosh, he's not Jordan Peterson. He's not, this guy is clearly intellectually off the charts. There's there's not a lot of takes with Rogan where you go, wow, it's not Rush Limbaugh in the sense of the entertainment and take I'm hearing you would not hear anywhere else. And yet he has managed with that demeanor and brand and persona to become the most probably the most powerful media figure in the country yeah i think he asks the right questions and he gets the guests to really open up and did it yeah. help that he was a pre-existing media persona what was it he was in mixed martial arts yeah, he, was he started in, in radio in like was it he was 90s. in radio too well, he was uh, he started in radio in the early 90s oh. I think, and then kind of built his way up and he was a b actor he was on that show news radio i think was the name of it yeah. and then he did the fear factor thing so i mean he was a known quantity for a guy who's who does a you know a huge podcast he doesn't strike me as somebody from radio i guess i'm generally yeah. asking this question to try to figure out how the how the hell i get out of here and become joe rogan my is it matt hiblin our boss and i were talking about this yesterday about how the media landscape has changed ethan you're you're markedly younger than me and i say this as a compliment but my generation was kind of the last group i'm almost 40 years old and we were kind of the last people where they said look traditional here's the traditional path by which you get into media you start somewhere you become an intern you in the case of me like my first job was i cut the grass at the radio station took out the trash and drove the owner around for like a year and it was awful (laughs) and then you are rewarded and you slowly move up the ladder if you can put together competency in your craft as a broadcaster well now whether it's joe rogan or someone like pat mcafee these people had no no radio broadcasting experience whatsoever and they're the most prominent and important people in their fields you really were the last generation who kind of worked their way up in media that way um because that door was closed to me we talked about it on this show before uh, about the value of my university degree which we've kind of debated the value of a college education i say my degree was worth it because it was my ticket into radio here i tried to get hired at any one of the many stations around here when i was a teenager just doing like you cutting grass or any job that they would hand to me but you know the door was closed and they're like, ah, look, kid, you need a college degree. Go to University of Indianapolis, which I eventually did and worked my way up th- that way. Yeah. So all of this is, has nothing to do with this clip we're about to play for you. I just I just think it's I think the Rogan thing is so interesting. And just like I think Pat McAfee is interesting that you don't have to actually be a good broadcaster to be famous in bro- in broadcasting which is very weird all right so rogan was weighing in on his most recent episode about this whole thing with the numerous trump indictments about the whole hunter biden saga and i thought he just had an excellent excellent take on this and the people that that love trump they feel like this is a witch hunt and they feel like all the things he's getting indicted for are anyway it does it not only does it not work but it kind of hardens their position mm-hmm. that he's being targeted and that this is these are like the the actions of a banana republic you take your political rival and you arrest him and specifically you charge him with things that you're f- guilty of like the 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 documents like the classified documents biden's guilty of the exact same issue yeah he's 100 percent right yeah and that's kind of been the theme of the hour is they do stuff, they being Biden or Hunter, they get caught having already done stuff in, in this case. And their immediate reaction they figured out is that if we just throw something else stupid at Trump, it will dominate the narrative because the media 
either you know if you're like us we have to cover it it's a huge news story or obviously cnn msnbc they're more than willing to spend an entire day on it because they hate the guy and they, they have figured out by weaponizing the department of justice and law enforcement in this country against donald trump they can distract or attempt to distract from what the biden family has done um kind of returning to Joe Rogan just as a broadcaster I'm I'm kind of wondering when you were playing that clip now we of course had to bleep that because we're governed by the regulatory commission that is the FCC yeah. over radio do you think part of the secret uh, sauce to Rogan's success is that he can offer that kind of bluer commentary uninhibited by that regulatory entity well and so full circle of what we're saying is that the mediums have changed and while WIBC does tremendous and obviously you see the ratings every month we're one of the most listen to talk stations by market share in the entire country it is it's like bringing a knife to a gunfight in terms of the uh being handicapped against the listening trends and the desires of what is the money demo for talk radio stations it is a really interesting playing field all right i gotta ask you guys a question about whether i think this person is being whether me thinking this person is being ridiculous or not (laughs) if i'm just way off base so uh gen con is here uh if you you strike me as someone who's probably been to the Gen I have, Con, I have been a few times, not as often as I'd like. It seems like when it rolls around in August, for whatever reason, my cash cash is stretched in, as is the case now. That's because you spend nine million dollars on record players, Ethan. <laughs> uh, Kev, have you ever been to the Gen Con? I, I have not been to Gen Con. Yeah, you no. do not strike me as someone who would be dead to the Gen Con. I have not been either, and that's great. Uh, I think it's wonderful. Whatever thing you're into, that's phenomenal if you want to dress up like an imaginary person and go run around with other people who dress up like imaginary people great welcome to the city we're very happy you're here however i saw this today and i have to ask you guys i mean I, i i'm looking at this going what what is going on here so there's three or four people they're clearly walking to gen con they have the backpacks on which everybody does they have the lanyard around their uh neck they have the shirts that are some sort of i don't know comic book superhero cosplay whatever like it's very obvious these people are going to gen con and one of the people in the middle of the group is wearing a mask now this is outdoors so they're walking outdoors to the gen con and this person's wearing a mask. So first of all, I'm looking at that going, okay, that's weird. And two, you are subjecting yourself willfully. Like this is not a doctor's visit or a dentist office or an emergency room, or this is not your employer where I must go to work in order to earn a living. You are willfully for, I guess, fun and pleasure, subjecting yourself to a gigantic indoor event where tens of thousands of people will be and so apparently you're okay with that yet sir you're supposedly so afraid of i don't know what it is anymore covid i guess that you feel you need to wear a mask that it has now been proven doesn't help you at all like we're not talking the n92 mask we're talking one of those stupid ridiculous paper masks that did no good whatsoever and so i'm trying to square these two things on how this person can still be seemingly so afraid of whatever it is i'm guessing it's covid but yet hey i'm gonna go into this room with tens of thousands of people and this mask is gonna make all the difference are you 
absolutely certain that it was not part of some no. cosplay assemblage. Like they weren't a mad scientist yeah, and the mask was part of the No. Yeah, right. They had a t-shirt and shorts on and a lanyard and a backpack and the only and they okay. had this this mask on. No, it was not a part of an outfit. Well, then I, I I guess it also makes sense from a certain standpoint because we all agree these are people who enjoy fantasy, whether it's you know, like Lord of the Rings or sci-fi or stuff like that. So they think in terms of sci-fi logic and the mask <laughs> as as we learned from Dr. Fauci, the shields are up. So they believe yeah. that mask on, shields up, viruses can't penetrate the outer shell. Okay, you know, well, like, so, so I took like my crustacean. That's I took point. my dog to the vet yesterday, and they did a phenomenal job, as they always do. Somebody came in, they had a mask on. Whether I think, well, okay, that's ridiculous because the mask clearly doesn't help, you have to take your animal to the vet. So I'm not going to sit in judgment of someone who is still under the delusion that a mask will stop COVID because they have to take their animal to the vet. And I'm never going to begrudge anyone for taking care of an animal because that's awesome. So I look at that and go, okay, I feel bad for that person. They think that that little paper mask is going to stop COVID, but whatever. It's their right. They're entitled to do what they want. However, and yes, by the way, Bruce is fine. It was his regular, whatever those things are that your animal's supposed to go to. Uh, however, when you willfully choose to go to an yeah. event where you know there will be tens of thousands of people in an indoor environment. You're, you're supposedly so afraid of COVID. I must wear this mask outdoors. That just doesn't make any sense to me. No. Am I a terror to steal a hammer and Nigel show bit? Am I a terrible person for thinking that? Well, you are a terrible person. Let's get that <laughs> out of the way, but not for that reason. You know. <laughs> okay. Very good. Kev. Yeah, I think uh, you've got a logical point. Yeah. I think at that point, it's probably just best to miss Gen Con this year and stay home. <laughs> yes. Just, I, you know, we'll probably be back next year. Just wait till next year. Maybe uh, they got done watching 2011's uh, Contagion. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's take a break. Ethan Atcher's in for Casey. When we come back, new poll out shows Democrats might prefer Kamala over Joe Biden. What? That's how bad it's getting for Biden. We'll talk about it. Coming up next, Kendall and Casey Show, 93 WIBC. It's gotten so bad for Joe Biden that the Democrats now might prefer Kamala Harris at the top of the tickets. 93 WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob. Casey's out today. Ethan Hatcher in for Casey. Kev's here. Okay, so a new poll out. This is a New York Times poll. And this is not exactly a rock solid way to say, okay, definitively the Democrats would prefer Harris to Biden, but it's. I think it's pretty telling. Yeah. The New York Times Siena College poll found that only 20% of Democrats list themselves as very excited about Joe Biden being the nominee, which is pathetically <laughs> low for an incumbent president. Yeah. And 26% said that they would be excited if Kamala Harris was the nominee, which seems to say, Ethan, that the Democrats at least from an enthusiasm standpoint, are more excited about Kamala Harris than Joe Biden. Uh, would we call it enthusiasm when, if if only, what did you say, 26% favor Kamala Harris, that means 74% don't? So I wouldn't call that necessarily enthusiastic. But talking about abysmally low poll numbers and how that all plays into this, did you see CNN's coming to God moment where they realized, you know how we used to run those stories about Trump's <laughs> abysmal poll numbers? Yeah. Actually, Joe Biden's are 
are lower than his at the same point in their administration like that. Well, <laughs> Joe Biden is, is a bad and unpopular president, so it doesn't surprise me that Kamala is slightly eking him, edging him out. But, you know, to call her popular when 74 percent disapprove, I don't know. Well, hey, as Ricky Bobby once said, if you ain't first, you're last. And in this case, Kamala would be first in terms of the enthusiasm because 26 is more than 20. In the same poll, Trump and Biden were tied in a rematch at 43 percent. And I will just continue to say this, and I realize at this point I'm probably just talking to myself because the Republican voting populace appears dead set on going down this what could be a suicide mission with Trump. And that's great. That's everybody's prerogative. And if Donald Trump's a nominee, I'll absolutely vote for him. But you have a president who can only get enthusiasm from about 20 percent of his own base 50 percent in this poll said they want someone else that's these are democrats we're not talking about the nation as a whole you're talking about 50 percent of the people inside the own part in his own party are saying they want someone else and yet the republicans seem dead set on picking someone who the best as of right now he can muster is a tie with arguably the most unpopular president in the modern era and i don't understand look if trump were the reincarnation of reagan then okay maybe i would get it yeah but you have a president who if you're a conservative repeatedly did stupid non-conservative liberty-minded things and it appears that there is some bizarre world we're in where people just don't care what the actual record of governance from Donald Trump is. And this is about something much different and something much weirder. And they're going to go down with the ship yeah. because any other Dead set on a rematch, any other Republican that you pick and there are Republicans who are way more reliably conservative than Donald Trump. I mean, Tim Scott, Ron DeSantis. And yet they're saying, nope, we're going to go with this. And the polling showing that is a. That is a game of Russian roulette that you're about to play. And do you really want to play a game of Russian roulette where the losing side, if you're on the losing side, it means four more years of Joe Biden? I think we have better options on the table. I think why would you pick a Donald Trump when there is a Ron DeSantis? Do I think Donald Trump's getting a raw deal and being unfairly targeted by the Department of Justice? Absolutely. Do I think that it would be wiser to select a more policy-oriented candidate uh, to do battle against Joe Biden? Yeah, 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 I do. Uh, I lean that way. So the answer to this may be in this next poll that we're going to talk about. It's a CNN poll in which 69% of GOP voters, 69%, So almost seven out of every 10 do not believe Joe Biden got the votes that the tabulators claim that he got. And I am one of those people. Now, I don't believe in a national conspiracy like some people. I think that would be way too hard to pull off in a modern era. I do believe, though, that mass mail-in unaccountable voting laws like in Pennsylvania or creative counting that clearly took place in in places like Detroit, Michigan, did lead to voter fraud. And what is interesting about this to me, Ethan, is how Mike Pence has basically come out with two middle fingers to any person who says, man, I think there might have been shenanigans that took place when he said there were shenanigans that took place just two days before January 6th. But yet 70 percent of the people in his party who will be voting for a presidential candidate strongly disagree with him how you would ever think you're going to win those people back by not only disagreeing with them on this very important topic but yet being a complete ass to them now which is what he's become good luck with all that yeah that's not a winning strategy for sure (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, he has become that, right? I mean, Mike Pence has become an absolute ass to these people who are saying the same thing that he said on January 4th of 2021, which is there's serious issues at here, uh, here with the election. All right, let's take a break. Ethan Hatcher is in for Casey. Kev's here. When we come back, you're not going to want to miss this. We've got 63% of Americans saying Biden should leave office. Indeed, these bribery allegations are proven to be true. And Trump is ripping the heck out of Mitt Romney. I'm here for that. It's Kendall and Casey Show, 93 WIBC.